thank you guys for joining me on this week's episode of Grabbing Life by the Balls podcast, where we wake up and grab the day by the balls every day for the rest of our lives. This week we have Jordan Syatt. Jordan is Jordan is just somebody in the field that takes a real practical, genuine, and bare-bones approach to fitness, to nutrition, to health. And he's somebody that I really look up to in my career and aspire to be like because he's really, he's changing the game, I think, for a lot of people. And uh, it's real inspiring to do that, to get a fresh out, a fresh look at uh, fresh look at things. And it's not where we have people just trying to sell supplements on Instagram. He takes a real genuine and uh, realistic approach to it all. Uh, he's got... He's been featured in CNN, Huffington Post, Men's Health Magazine, Men's Fitness Magazine. Uh, he is a five-time world record power lifter. He is a bachelor in health and behavior science. He's also worked with guys like Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk's a huge entrepreneur, very busy lifestyle, and he's helped him take health into importance in his life and to be accountable for that. What we discussed on the episode, we discussed the psychology and mindset behind feeling guilt or feeling guilt when you mess up in your diet or you don't go to the gym for a little while. We also discussed the anxiety of starting. If, you ha- if you're somebody that hasn't worked out or even ha- realized how shitty your nutrition is for the past five years, we take anxiety into account and we discuss how you can start overcoming your anxiety to start doing it and start making the one choice, the one step forward. Uh, we also discussed fears and the fear of change in life and it's more of uh, the fear of failure and how to deal with the fear of failure. We also discuss uh, sports and how we got into the fields ourselves and um, how to start getting your family and friends to be start, to start taking accountability to things that they're uh, not doing or the things that they are doing that's either benefiting or holding them back. Uh, we also discuss how the whole process of dieting and fitness and taking health of in an importance how you can't fuck it up and there's no end game to it there's no finish line and it's a it's a lifelong process we discuss on that we also discuss the importance of setting measurable goals because that is one of the most important things in this sort of thing measurable goals practical goals performance based goals not looking at yourself in the mirror and be like ah you're a gross little shit cuz that's not right we're all fucking beautiful we're all fucking unique and nobody cares about how much you weigh how nobody cares about how, how you look. As long as you're a genuine person, hey, we discuss that and we discuss how to start working around that and setting performance-based goals to really start watching yourself grow, get stronger, be more flexible, have more cardio, things of that nature. And the last things we discuss, we discuss a little bit on business and content creation and things of that nature. Listen, I learned so much from Jordan, and I've been following him for the past few years, and honestly, he he made me realize a lot about the industry that I had no idea about, and I was just so honored to have him on as a guest, and he, he really taught me a lot, although personally, I feel that this is the worst interview that I've conducted Honestly, coming from from nerves. I was kind of nervous having him on. No joke. He was somebody that I look up to. I was nervous. Fucking shoot me. But listen, he's somebody that I think that you guys can really learn something from practically and really start implementing some of these things into your life. Uh, If you want to go check him out on Instagram, his name is Syatt Fitness, S-Y-A-T-T. 
Fitness. Uh, you can also go on Google and search his name, Jordan Syatt. He's got a whole website. You can go check out his inner circle and all the, the all the services that he he provides through his website. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if everybody can go leave a a review and and rate the podcast because that's really how I judge whether what I'm doing is right or how am I doing it or I'm trying to improve. If there's something that I can improve upon, let me know in the comments. If it's the worst piece of dog shit you've ever seen in your fucking life, let me know in the comments because I'd love to hear it. But if it's something that you enjoy, if there's something that you hear that you want to learn more about, let me know. DM me. Leave it in the comments. Leave a good review. I'd really appreciate it because those reviews help me continue doing it and it fuels a fire under my ass to get better at this. So without further ado... We have Jordan Syatt. I hope you guys learn a thing or two. Enjoy. Syatt, finally. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, it's just awesome finally meeting you. Just before we start, I kind of I kind of want to uh, hear about your story coming up and everything. I mean, now you kind of, from, from my perspective at least, you have this uh, pretty successful career going on. You're definitely coming up in the world. Just uh, so let's start with your journey a little before you kind of found a passion for weightlifting, wellness and things of that nature. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I, I got into fitness from wrestling. So I started wrestling when I was eight years old and uh, I made varsity as a freshman in high school. So from eight until freshman year, I was wrestling consistently. It's like what my main focus was. Uh, I beat a junior out for the varsity spot but I had to cut from 112 pounds to 103 pounds and uh, every week. And so I was good from a technique perspective, good from an endurance perspective, but as a 14-year-old kid going up against 17, 18-year-old kids, my strength wasn't where it needed to be. So I had to figure out, well, how do I lose weight and get stronger at the same time? And I, I applied to a gym nearby in my town. I applied to a gym in my town. I was like, hey, just like I'm 14, 14 years old. I'll take the trash out. I'll clean the floors. But she's like, let me learn from you. And uh, they said no. They were like, we don't want a high school kid walking around. Uh, so I applied to another gym a couple towns over from me. And it was a blessing because they took me under their wing. They were very science-based. They really uh, – they – helped me grow and they fostered my, my, my passion for learning and science-based strength training and nutrition. And they were really incredible people. And so I worked there all through high school from 14 years old. I remember my first client, it was a 68-year-old guy named Fred who just wanted to be able to pick his grandson up without hurting his shoulders. And, um, and I kept doing that. That's when I really fell in love with coaching and fitness. And I kept doing that ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I actually started wrestling about eighth grade i did seventh eighth grade in freshman year as well so we kind of got that in common nice. that was one of the that was one of the toughest things toughest sports probably in my life i mean i'm i'm playing i'm playing college baseball now and i'm still kind of an athlete and i'm still in that atmosphere with everything yeah but honestly wrestling really started me off with because not like football or baseball it's kind of like it's all on you and that's what i liked about wrestling so much back in the day yeah um, I, I love it man i you know, I wrestled all the way to the end of high school. I was going to do it in college, but I was like, I don't want to cut weight in college. This is not yeah. really where I want to be at all. The cool thing about wrestling is with weightlifting, you don't need a training partner. I think it helps. Like if you have good training partners, but you don't need them. With wrestling or jujitsu or fighting, you need your training partner. Totally. Like they are essential. And uh, 
I forget who said it. Someone said something that I loved. Someone who's high up in the wrestling grappling world. Basically, they said wrestling is a is a is a team sport disguised as an individual endeavor. When it's like it's really the only way you get better is through your team. Now you compete as an individual, but you do not get better without your team. And I love that. Mm, totally. I mean, that's also like the whole psychology and mindset. Uh, even behind uh, like food and exercise, like you're, you're not always going to have all the right answers, not always going to know what to do, but to have people behind you supporting you, the people in your gym, like, I know you have your inner circle. That's really cool. I've been reading up on it. Um, But people that are just kind of starting on that journey themselves, like health and trying to get their nutrition in order and, and fitness. uh, when they start feeling guilty if they mess up or like they even don't know where to start, how can they like kind of over overcome that in a way? How do they overcome? Yeah. Like guilty? Ha- yeah. Guilty. And even just, even just the whole anxiety about starting this whole, cause it, cause it's not really a 30 day or two, two month uh, sort of thing. I know in, in your classes and everything in your inner circle, you teach more of a, like a lifestyle sort of perspective. So how can you, sort of explain that to somebody that's just hearing that for the first time? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I would say there are, there are many ways to think about it. But the first one is too many people are, are starting this journey, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. with the idea that there's a finish line. They're starting this journey with the idea that, that one day they will have achieved all of their goals. And on that day, they will finally be confident and they will finally eliminate any and all of their insecurities and they will finally look the way they want to look and feel the way they want to feel. And on that day, everything will be good, right? It sort of sounds like a verse from the Bible. And on that day, it was good. It's like, this, <laughs> it's, it's not how it works. No. It's, there, there's no finish line here. This is an endeavor. This is a journey. This is something that you embark on with the goal to improve yourself and with the goal to get better. But if your goal is to eliminate any and all insecurities. If your goal is to have a day by which you all of a sudden achieve everything you've ever wanted, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for anxiety. You're setting yourself up to lose because there is no finish line here. This is a forever game. And the more that you think there's one day by which you will all of a sudden achieve everything you've ever wanted, or even if you think like if there's one day by which all of a sudden you think I will love myself when I weigh this amount, or I will love myself when I can lift this amount of weight, you're out of your fucking mind. It's just, that's not how it works. And you need to understand this is a forever thing. There isn't a finish line. There isn't a day by which you'll achieve everything. And the more you understand that, the less anxiety you'll have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people have to also understand that like, uh, progress isn't linear. You're always going to have your ups and downs and even, uh, playing college baseball. Like sometimes I just, I go out there, I'm a pitcher, you know, uh, I might just not have a good outing and I'm going to have to sit on that for a week and I'm gonna still have to train the way just if I, if I pitched a perfect game, you know what I mean? hundred percent. What's your best pitch? What's my best pitch? Yeah. Uh, I got a 12, six curveball. So, uh, it goes, wow. it goes like, from your eyes to your toes, basically. Jeez. <laughs> I've been working on it for a few years, so. I like that, man. You have any issues, yeah. shoulders, Tommy John, anything like that? Uh, dude, not really. I mean, honestly, it's all about mechanics. And since I was about 12 years old, um, 
well, 12 years old, I, I kind of was about to quit baseball because my elbow, I was getting the elbow pain, Tommy Johns and everything. So then I met up with this guy and he had a different uh, approach to it all. He said, speed doesn't really matter. What pitches you're throwing doesn't really matter as long right now you get the right mechanics down so you can continue playing in the future. That's the, yeah. that's the whole thing. So he broke my mechanics down and everything. And just learning from somebody that had that, like more of a kinesiology background instead of they just played baseball for so long. Cause that's what a lot of these coaches are. They're selling that they've played. So they're great coaches. Yep. yep. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like I had, I had a, I had a perception where I had to sort of change the way that I looked at. And, and the same way with you teach uh, a lot of people have, like a fear of change in their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. and I don't know, I feel like uh, you have to kind of be comfortable with change. And, and that's a, that's a huge part of just, just life itself. How do you, uh, some clients that you come across, like people that fear that change and like changing their diet or changing their habits of going to the gym. How do you, how do you uh, really break down that fear in people's people's heads? Yeah, it's a great question. It's tough, but the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? It's like we're we're yeah. all scared of change, no matter what. I really think what it boils down to is it's not a, a fear of change as as much as it is a fear of failure, right? Most people they're not as scared of change as they are scared of something not working or the fear that they don't work. And you see this a lot. You see a lot of people fearful that that maybe it's their metabolism or maybe maybe it's their gender or maybe it's their age or maybe it's their genetics or maybe it's it's whatever it is whatever situation they're in they're fearful that mm -hmm. maybe they are not capable of doing it either because of their genetics or their age or whatever it is or and i think this is really the the deeper issue is that they know that they're actually not willing to put in the work to do it that's very scary for people because you, you see this all the time. You see this, they want to change. You, people know cigarettes are going to kill them. People keep smoking. Not only do they keep smoking, people start smoking. For any number, people literally today have went and bought their first pack of cigarettes ever knowing with a big skull and crossbones in the box, like this, this could kill you. And it, it very well might. You see some it's of these pictures now too. It's like they're, they're putting pictures of, like what you can get on the box and people are still buying them. It's, I think it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. So it, it's so funny because we have to realize it's not about knowledge. Knowledge is an important component, but knowledge isn't enough to cause a change in most people. It's just not, and especially not in every situation. There's deeper behavioral and emotional issues as to why people are making the decisions they're making. And I think a lot of it comes from this fear of failure, which is why we need to understand from day one, it's impossible to fail unless you quit. That is the literal only way to fail. And I, I think one of the easiest ways to look at this is you could take anyone in any endeavor in their life. You could take an entrepreneur who tried to build a business and the business failed. You could take anybody who's had a relationship and the relationship failed, whatever it is. Not a single person who's ever gone through a failure looks back and, and, and regrets it. Usually they say, I'm glad I went through it because it made me who I am today. 
So when you understand this, you understand that simply trying and not giving up will be enough for you to look back and say, I'm proud that I at least tried. That's number one. Not, no one will ever get to a point where they didn't try and say, you know what, I'm really glad I didn't try ever. You're never proud that you didn't try. You're always proud that you tried. You always regret not trying. That's just, that's just a fact across all walks of life. So when you understand the only way to fail is to quit or to not try at all, that immediately gives you this concept to understand and to hold on to saying like, I got to fucking try. I at least have to just do it. Just put in some effort. I think a lot of the fear comes from people saying, well, I don't, I don't know if I am willing to do that. That's a different discussion. That's a different issue. And that's really where, okay, well, if you're really not willing to try it, maybe it's because you have a warped idea of what you actually need to do in order to see success, or maybe it's just not your goal. Yeah. And, and we could talk about either of those, but they're both valid and they both require a different approach. Mm -hmm. So I, wa I wanted to go back. You said um, sort of along the lines, like you, it, we see people in our lives doing things that just aren't beneficial to them and they keep doing them. So like personally for me, I've been, I've been around like sports a little bit all my life and I've kind of had this, uh, I've been around the, the atmosphere to just kind of do make healthier choices for myself and, and things of that nature. But I also have some people like family members and friends that don't make the necessary decisions to, for themselves, really. And I've tried in the past to talk to them and, and things of that nature. I know you had a podcast talking about that with somebody, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, just haven't, I just haven't had time to actually go listen to it. But um, getting, talking to your family members about like, taking their health into, into importance, how do, you, how do you begin that, really? Man, that's a tough one. And I think whether it's a family member or a friend or a colleague or a client, I think one of the hardest realizations for any coach to have is to know that you will not be able to help everybody. It's really important to understand. Like not, you're not going to be able to help everybody. You're not going to have a hundred percent success rate, mm -hmm. which is as a coach, it's one of the hardest things to to really bite off and chew because you want to help everyone. And this is another thing where you have to understand knowledge is rarely the issue. We all know we should be exercising. There isn't a single person in the entire world who doesn't know exercise is good for you. We all know we should probably be eating more fruits and vegetables. There isn't a single person, well, that's not true. There are some people who think fruits are bad for you because of sugar. Either way, the vast majority of logical individuals will tell you that eating more fruits and vegetables <laughs> and lean proteins is probably a really good idea. But even though people know they should be exercising and they know they should be eating more fruits and vegetables, they're not doing it. Right. So we have to understand that you will not be able to help everybody. And, and once you understand that, then you can start to approach it from a different angle. Right. I think the biggest mistake that people make with their family, especially with their family, a little bit with their friends, not as much with their colleagues, mainly the family, because that's who we're closest with, which is ironic. The people we're closest with, the easier it is to be more malicious with. Right. Yeah. It's like the angrier we get. And I think it's just because uh, we often have less empathy for our family. We often are uh, less patient with them. It's so funny. You might meet a random stranger on the street and all of a sudden you'll have all the patience in the world. But if it's your brother or someone you grew up with and all of a sudden you're like, just fucking do it. Just, just do it. Like you have no empathy, no patience. So what's really important to remember is when you're trying to work with anyone, but especially a family member, shaming and guilting and getting angry and screaming and yelling does not work. 
and I should clarify in saying, not that it doesn't work, but statistically, if you look at the research, 9.999 out of 10 times, it's not going to work. Some people in very unique circumstances do well with that style of intervention. Mm -hmm. Most people go the complete opposite direction. So I think it's the first response with family members to get angry or to try and shame them or guilt them or angry, just yell at them often because you love them. You're like, just do this. Just, I love, just please do this. It's the worst thing you can do. It's going to push them further and further away. I think realistically the best thing that you can do. And the reason I say this is because if you look at the best thing you can do is set a good example. That's it. And, and that's more of a passive way of doing it. That's, being there, being present, showing them that it doesn't have to be any expensive supplements or outrageously hard workouts, including them in what you do, not trying to push anything on them, just being a good example for what a healthy lifestyle is. I think a lot of people, they'll, they'll be super into health and fitness or super into working out and they'll be so strict and so rigid. They'll never enjoy anything. And then the people in their family are like, I don't want to live like that. There's no way. So they push them away. But if you can live a more flexible, approachable lifestyle, you can do it while enjoying your favorite foods. You can do it in a healthy, balanced way. They're way more likely to join you on it because they see it's actually doable. And this is really what you have to remember is most people won't try because they think they won't succeed. And the more difficult and outrageous the thing that you're doing is, the less likely they are to succeed, the less likely they are to try. You have to make it seem achievable. And it is achievable. You just have to make it easily accessible for them to see that. So the more you can set that example for them, the better. And it doesn't mean they're, they're not going to change in one meal of seeing you do something good. They're not going to change in one conversation or one week or one month. It might not even be a year. It has to be a consistent present effort for you to be there for them and show them you care about them and love them and that it's you can do it no matter what and no matter what happens you'll always love them that's what will give them the opportunity to really go out on a limb and try it yeah yeah that whole just being there with them through that through the process of starting and stuff like that um recently i just started trying to get my training certificate as well following your following your footsteps a little bit so as um as I'm starting to learn and stuff. So I took uh, my two cousins under my belt basically. And I said, listen, I'm learning to be a trainer and everything. And you're two people that I'm not saying that you're, you're, you're ugly or anything, but I'm just saying you guys might not have the, the, the best uh, habits in your life. <laughs> but um, I told him, I said, I, I told him, I was like, I was like, listen, this is going to be a learning process for me. And it's going to be a learning process for you because I want to be able to teach you the things that I've learned through my journey with it as well. And I'm going to be here with you. So what I've been doing to be with them like that, I've been doing like zoom workouts with them, but I've been trying to give them some, some nutrition tips and stuff like that. I'm obviously no expert. I'm a nobody still trying to be a somebody, but, um, that's been, I think saying you're ugly, but you only stand to benefit from (laughs) Yeah. You only stand to benefit from uh, listening to me uh, a little bit. Just a little bit, a little bit would help, but um, just being there with them and uh, the whole, I've been making accountability a big part of it because I love that. I think that uh, that it's not that they don't have the drive to do it. It's something that they really do want, but at the same time, there's really nobody there holding them accountable. And honestly, most of the time, they're not holding themselves accountable. And you're like seven times more likely to accomplish your goals if you're accountable to somebody else, not yourself. 
Yep. It's much more easy to lie to yourself than to lie to somebody else. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. It's, it, and another thing that you've talked about, and I'm trying to tell them as well, this is something that you can't fuck up in your life. You really can't fuck this up because you have your entire life to start implementing it every day and making the right choices every day. Cause that's all it is. So is it true for like some people like, like with this, you can't fuck it up kind of mentality, working it into busy life with kids and work and everything like maybe taking three, four days off. Cause you can't do it. What, what is the, do you think that, that cause they're so concerned that they're going to have some, they're like, I don't know, some inconceivable uh, drop in performance or, or drop in uh, progress if they do. And they think that they have to do everything in one day. And I'm trying to explain to them, listen, all I'm asking you guys, 30, 30, 30 hours a day, 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, work out, get your tr- nutrition right. When sometimes they're like, oh, I, I worked out 30 minutes today. I'm going to go on a bike ride still. When sometimes doing that extra extra bit might exhaust you more than just doing the 30 minutes today and then, okay, let's get it after it tomorrow. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, you, as a coach, you're going to have to learn to pick your battles. Yeah. And, and in every client interaction, you have the opportunity to encourage them and there's also an opportunity to create friction right now there's never been an interaction with a client that i haven't been able to say there's something they can do to improve or there's something they might want to change but as you get better as a coach you'll start to learn out of every 10 interactions you don't want to be giving them 10 things to improve on every single time because if every time they come to you Every single time you're just saying, well, you should do this. You need to do that. It gets draining. Hmm. You want to make when them, when they come to you, you want to make that a very, because ex- accountability, right? You want to make that a very exciting, a very optimistic, positive experience. And so if, if their issue is that they're going to add in more movement, some people, if they're, if they're working out four hours a day and they're severely underweight and you know, they're not eating enough. Yeah. Then it's all of a sudden, Hey, we need to fuck. You need to take a rest day. Like we need to chill. We need mm-hmm. to address that. But if it's someone they want to lose 20 or 30 pounds, they like haven't really exercised in several years. Like, and they're like, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go for an extra 30 minute bike ride. I'm like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I love that. And I'll say, I'll be like, listen, you don't need to like, it's not part yeah, of the yeah. plan. But if you want to, because you enjoy it, go for it. I love that. I love that you're putting in more effort and just let them know that if, and when the day comes where they don't want to do that, it's okay. I think people run into issues when they add in that extra bike ride, they lose half a pound overnight. Then they think, oh, it was the bike ride that did it. I need to do the bike ride in order to keep losing. So then they go from an extra bike ride, an extra 30 minute bike ride to an extra hour bike ride and then from an extra hour bike ride to then extra running on top and now they start stacking and stacking and stacking it's like hold on hold on hold on if you want to go because you enjoy it and it's a beautiful weather outside you want to get out cool cool great go for it you just have to let them know it that's not what's dictating their progress totally and that's that's like so important like i've been i've been seeing them wanting to put in more an extra work and stuff like that right and it's not a bad thing at all. I'm, I'm like, go, I, that's what I say. I say, go for it. Awesome. You want to put in that extra energy, that extra effort. Awesome. Go for it. But uh, 
the overwhelming feeling I feel like they're fe- I feel that they're feeling is um, that I have so much work to do and I have to just like keep on keep on running keep on grabbing the bull by the horns and stuff like that and I'm and I'm and what I've been trying to say is they uh the compound effect over time instead of trying to lose 30 uh 20 pounds in 30 days or whatever whatever they have in their minds I'm like I just throw it out the window because you got to start looking at a more longevity like over time the compound effect over time instead of you doing it now and then in a month from now you're not doing it at all yep so I wanted to ask you uh, the difference between uh, like importance of setting measurable goals uh, and goals like the way I look or even what the, what the scale says, because I know the scale, the scale is good, a good way to keep yourself accountable and it's a good measurable thing. But at the same time, the scale is going to go up and down and it's not the end all be all. Correct. I think the scale is a good tool to collect your data right? To keep you accountable, to collect your data. If over four weeks, you see the scale has consistently gone up every single week and you're trying to lose weight, maybe you want to rein in your nutrition a little bit. But I think people run into issues when they make the scale and or their physique, the end all be all. Mm -hmm. When people say like, all right, I will not be happy until I weigh 150 pounds, or I will not be happy until I can see a six pack. It's like, first and foremost, no one gives a fuck if you have a six pack. No one gives a fuck what you weigh. They don't care. It's like, no one cares at all. And if you think that you're actually going to love yourself more because you weigh X amount or because you have a six pack, you're out of your fucking mind. It's just not going to happen. In fact, what will probably happen is you'll get to that weight or you'll see that in the mirror and you'll feel even worse because you'll realize you still don't fucking love yourself. And that is something you have to know ahead of time, which is why personally, I prefer making more uh, athletic based goals or strength based goals, trying to get to a point where you can deadlift a certain amount or where you can do certain chin ups or where you can do push ups or where you can beat your mile time. Having a goal that you can beat based on your performance, what your body can do rather than what you weigh on the fucking scale or how you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that how you look isn't important or it doesn't matter. And it's not to say that it's a bad goal if you want to have that. But it is to say that if you think you're going to be happier because you have a lower body fat percentage and you can see your ab veins, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. And uh, it can even be like habit, habit-based goals, right? Like even getting, yeah, it, getting in the gym four days a week or logging on for four online sessions or something like that. That's what I've been telling them as well. It's uh, not just looking at the scale. The scale isn't what that matters. The body fat necessarily doesn't matter all the time, but you putting that effort and energy in, I think that's important. So you started, uh, you started like with the powerlifting. You were a five-time world record powerlifter, am I correct? Yep. What kind of lifts were those in? Squat, bench press, and deadlift. Hell yeah, dude. So I've been powerlifting, powerlifting is the sport of squat, bench press, deadlift. Basically, you have these three That's lifts. Everything. And uh, your goal is to try and lift as much as you possibly can for a single repetition. Yeah. And then at a competition, your top three best lifts in the squat, bench, and deadlift all add up to your total. So you have your squat, your bench, your deadlift, the top three there, and then the fourth score is your total among all three. Yeah. I actually have a friend that's just getting into it. He's trying to reach like the top, the top tier of uh, power lifts and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, he just says some of those, some of those competitions, some of those days, they're, they're so long. I don't know how you, how you guys do it. It's like, they're and if for nine, nine max effort lifts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they're crazy. brutal. They're no joke. It's a great sport though. Yeah. It's a great sport. Um, 
one of my favorite parts about the sport is the community. It's like, you know, I've actually never been to another sport where it's such an encouraging community because in most other sports, there's a lot of rivalries and it's great. I think rivalries are great. They drive competition up in powerlifting. It's the only sport where you could be right next to your main opponent and you'll both be cheering each other on. Yeah. Because the cool part about it is it's not like if you go to a powerlifting competition and you win your entire weight class, but you personally did not hit any personal records, that's a terrible day. You could get gold and have a terrible day. But if you go to your powerlifting competition and get dead last, you don't even place, but you hit personal records, that's a wonderful day. That's because you beat your own records. It's really the sport against yourself, which I love. And it also has the added component of other, of other people in your weight class, but it doesn't matter what, what other people get as long as you beat yourself. Yeah. That's something that I've been looking into more and more because my baseball career is sort of ending. So I got to, I got to, I don't want to always just be going to the gym to work out. I want to start implementing fun activities into my life that keeps me active yep. and getting into powerlifting competition. That seems like a great way to do it. You know what I mean? Jiu-jitsu, yes. I know you just started jujitsu. How are you liking that? Yeah. So I've done jujitsu for about a year. Uh, and I love it. It's amazing. It's, uh, did you watch I, the fight last night? The UFC fight? I didn't, I caught up on, I didn't watch it live, but I caught up on him. I actually didn't watch it either. My, my cousins were telling me about it, but <laughs> Mike, Mike Perry's post fight interview was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he's, he's out of his mind. He's, he's psychotic yeah. in the best way possible. His, it was actually amazing. Did you see that he had his girlfriend cornering him? Yeah, I, I, I saw something like that. I saw, uh, I saw a, clip, a small clip on Twitter. Most people, most fighters, I think this is the first time this has ever happened in history. Most fighters, they have a professional team around them of a boxing coach, maybe a jujitsu coach, maybe a whatever it is. They have the best of the best coaches in the world in their corner coaching them through the fight. Mike Perry was like, fuck all of you guys. I'm going to bring my girlfriend. And his girlfriend cornered him for the whole fight and he won. And it was, it was amazing because he'd go back to the corner and like in between rounds, he'd be like, you're looking good, baby. <laughs> like, this guy's in the middle of a fight against Mickey Gall, who's no joke of a fighter. Mickey Gall is one of the, is a tremendous, tremendous fighter. I think he's a jujitsu brown belt, incredible world-class fighter. And in between rounds, Mike Perry's just joking around with his girlfriend. I'm like, God, what an animal. Dude. It's a, it's a tough sport. And honestly to have, I feel like that'd be somewhat more of a distraction. You know, you got your girlfriend in the stands uh, in, in your corner trying to cheer you on. It's like ever since high school wrestling, I never wanted my mom to watch me. I never wanted a girlfriend to watch me. I never, I never wanted anyone there except like my team. That was it. I didn't exactly. want anyone in the stands. Cause the way that I function is like, if someone's in the stands, number one, I'm thinking like they've got to be bored just like sitting here all day or whatever, just like watching other people waiting for my fight. So I started thinking about them and what they're thinking. And I also don't want to disappoint them. So I had this whole, I'm not thinking about the fight anymore. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. It's just, it doesn't help me at all. Yeah. So I kind of want to get into uh, the business side of things. Let's um, do it. I just started, listen, I just started... I'm going to use you sort of knowledgeable uh, to get some knowledge from you and prick your brain. Uh, I mean, you got this whole like fuck a boss mentality and, and literally because it, I see you, I mean, honestly, I saw you through Gary Vanderchuk. Yep. Following his stuff. I heard about you and now I've been following you more than him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just when you're really starting, like starting to grab some clients, you're starting to 
finally put things together. How do you start handling like the volume of all that? Because sometimes I feel like I'm getting lost in what I'm doing because I'm starting this podcast. I'm starting to train some individuals on the side a little bit. And honestly, I'm getting a little overwhelmed just because I'm just starting and I feel like I'm just overwhelmed with it all. (laughs) What are you overwhelmed by? Are you overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the work you currently have? Are you overwhelmed by about thinking what you have to do by not knowing where the best place to be is like, what's the overwhelming part? Honestly, overwhelming is that I'm trying to, I'm, I'm just starting, but I feel like I also don't have all the knowledge. Yep. And I feel like I'm at that point in my life where I'm, see, I'm no expert by no means. And starting this podcast, my entire goal was to get smart guys like you on to talk about things. So I don't have to talk about them, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I feel like right now I just like I'm in a weird place because I'm just starting. I don't really I don't have it all together exactly, but I feel like I have to start to get somewhere. Yeah. Dude, I don't have it all together either, just so you know. No one does. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, Nobody does. The the best thing that I would recommend you do is the majority of your time should be spent coaching people and and studying. So I would say cuz there's the moment you think you've learned everything, you know nothing and you're screwed, no. right? But there's definitely a a base level of knowledge that you need. And there's a base level of confidence in the knowledge that you need. And if, if you're, if you're going into making content and all this other stuff with this fear that you don't know enough, it's going to be very self-limiting because that will be the anxiety of hitting posts. Like you'll be scared to hit post on something because you don't want another coach to say that's fucking stupid or that's wrong. And it's a very bad place to be in. Now, that will still happen even when you know what you're talking about. You'll still get worried about it. You have to remember, number one, that your the other coaches on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, wherever you're posting, the other coaches, they're not going to pay you. So it doesn't make sense yeah, to doesn't. know what the fuck they think. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's worthwhile to make sure that you're educated enough to actually have a, a, a very strong and confident and valid science-based opinion. So I think the majority of your time now should be spent coaching people and studying and a little bit of your time should be spent making content. Mm -hmm. The time making content should be spent around either interviewing other people and or talking about what you're learning. I think one of the best frames you can take in this point in your career is not the frame of an expert. The frame you can take is of someone who wants to help people and you want to get better and you very well might be wrong, but you're always going to be learning. If you take that frame in everything that you do, then you never feel an overwhelming amount of pressure because you're okay with being wrong. People feel bad and worried about posting when they take the frame of an expert, but they don't know if they're right or not. That's a, a lot of pressure. That's how you get imposter syndrome. Where it's like, I don't know if I should be here. I'm going to pretend like I'm super confident. It's the whole fake it till you make it nonsense. I'm going to pretend. No, don't fuck this stupid. It's stupid. Say, hey, listen, here's what I'm learning right now. I'm doing this certification. Here's what I'm learning. I hope this helps you. If it doesn't, let me know. Ask me any questions. If I don't know the answer, I'll find someone smarter who does and I'll send you their way. But when you take that frame, all, a lot of the fear goes away because you're no longer pretending. You're just telling what you're learning and telling the truth for the time being. Yeah, dude, that's honestly so it's, it's really inspiring for me to hear because that's exactly the approach that I've been trying to take because I know that I don't know it all. And I, 
honestly, I know that some people shouldn't be listening to me. They should be listening to an expert. But at the same time, I do want to provide value in any way I can. But the only thing is holding me back. Sometimes I don't know how to present it necessarily, or uh, I don't know who the right people I should be talking to. But I feel like right now it's like, you got to start somewhere. So right now me pressing the post button, I kind of, I've gotten, I've kind of gotten this fuck it mentality. Good. So like whatever, whatever I post it's, if it is wrong, I'm kind of, I'm kind of free balling right now because I, I'm just learning this stuff. I'm, I'm learning it right now. Dude, a hundred percent. I love that. And yeah. the, one of the reasons I said the coaching is your first thing is because the vast majority of the content you make, you'll get ideas from actually coaching real people. This is, this is why a lot, like, I mean, I started coaching people in what, like 2006 and on, like, I don't even think Facebook existed at the time. Instagram <laughs> definitely didn't exist. No. I was coaching people in person. Now people can become a coach without ever actually coaching anybody in person. Exactly. Which, it's not a bad thing, but it really sets people up. I mean, being a great in-person coach will help you be a great online coach being a great online coach will not help you be a better in-person coach. Coaching people in person is where you will learn the most and it's where you're going to get the vast majority of your content for the rest of your career. So yeah. it doesn't mean you have to coach people full time in person, but coaching people three to six, three to 10 hours a week in person is going to teach you more than you ever could online. And it's going to, because they're going to ask you questions. They're going to be like, well, how do I do this? Or I ate this. What about this? Oh, does it matter about this? How do I increase my metabolism? Whatever it is. And you're going to be like, really? You don't know the answer to that? And then you're going to make a post about it. You're like, I was talking to my client, Dennis. Right? He's crushing it. He increases deadlift by 20 pounds. He asked me today, how do you increase your metabolism? And there are like three main ways I want to discuss with you. Here we go. Boom. Now you make a piece of content because of, and Dennis is going to be super happy because you're talking about him in your post and he's going to then refer his friend to you for more coaching. And this is how it all works. This is how it builds up. You're helping people. You're educating people. You're talking your clients up. They're going to refer people your way. And this is how it starts to stack on stack on stack on stack on stack. But if you're just like, ah, I don't know what the fuck to post. And then you're just like, all right, like I'm just going to copy this person's code. It doesn't work well when you do that. Coaching people in person, studying and making content from the perspective of, Hey, you're on your health and fitness journey. I'm on my own personal business journey. I'm trying to be a better coach. Let's do this together. Yeah. That's kind of what that idea of uh, document, not create. I feel like lately I have been trying to create things and listen, things are out there already. I just have to, things create themselves. Exactly. And conversations I, that I have with my cousins around this sort of thing, I can make posts about that. I should like, I don't absolutely. know. I, I talk to them about it. And I'm like, just thinking, why haven't I made a post about the things that I've been talking to them about? That's your, your mom, your dad, your cousins, brothers, sisters, family, friends, whatever. If anyone's asking you questions about this stuff, make content about it. That other people have questions about it too. So you have to remember if you're in the fitness industry and you're looking at these science-based coaches, you have a very different Instagram feed than someone who's not in that industry, right? So you might yeah. see all this stuff and look at it as common knowledge or oh, everyone must know this. They have no fucking clue. So you talking about it and you posting about it is super, super helpful. And the, your community, regardless of how big or small it is, your community, you're the resident fitness expert. You're the person they turn to for help. So talk about it, help them. And, <laughs> and in terms of document, don't create, I love that. But I also think 
Gary has amended it a little bit and he's spoken about it. It's not document, don't create. I would say it's more document and create. Well, yeah. Right? Because Gary has DRock following him around everywhere. He has like 30 plus people on his team running all the social media. It's like, it's very easy for Gary to document because he doesn't have to do anything except live his life. And, but one of my favorite videos of all times of Gary is his video of all of his YouTube videos from wine library, like counting all of the, uh, the episodes that he did like over a thousand episodes for like years and for the first three years that nobody watched. And then all of a sudden it broke. He did five episodes a week, every single week for years on years and years and years. It's like, that was creation. That was literally all creation. It was all education, all creation. And the only reason it happened is because he deliberately set a time to create content every single day around that. Once he got big enough and he had a, enough money to invest in a film crew, and a, then he could more document his journey. But that would never have happened if he didn't first create. create. That's it. So I do think it's under, I would say document from the perspective of your cousin Johnny wants to know about how to increase his metabolism cool. You document that experience. You talk about it. You tell the story, but then you create a wonderful post around that and you help people understand and explain how to actually increase your metabolism, not to buy stupid fucking GNC pills, but to actually make sure you're sleeping well, strength training, eating well, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's thank you for that. That's amazing. I just wanted to ask you, all right, you put on your story. I'll go on just anybody's podcast. It's a blessing to have you on, man. It really is. Um, but like, why, why are you just going on anybody's podcast? Well, man, well, number one, I'll show you this right now. So like somebody like you, I can't like, do you have the time in your day? Like, like you do obviously, but I wouldn't think that you did have the time in your day. I mean, we all have time. We, we definitely all have time. It's funny. I never, I always thought extroverts were people who really enjoyed being around other people. Like I thought that, that was my internal definition. I've realized over time, that's not what an extrovert is. An extrovert is someone who like gets energy and who, who just, they feel better after social interactions. That is me a hundred percent. If I'm by myself, I actually I end up feeling worse. My buddy, Mike Vacanti is the complete opposite. If he's with other people, he gets drained and drained and drained and he needs to isolate himself. He's more of an introvert. For me personally, being around people and having discussions, like I get hyped. I love it. I love talking about this stuff. I love doing this stuff. It puts me in a better mood and a more productive mood down the road for whatever, whatever else I'm going to do throughout the day. Um, so it, selfishly, I really enjoy it. Also, selfishly, every time I do a podcast, I don't know if you can see it. I can't turn my computer around. I have a camera on me right now. Rico, my videographer is right here. We filmed the whole thing. We get more content from it because usually there's going to be something I say, at least one thing that's at least somewhat smart that I can put into a tweet or a Facebook post, Instagram post or whatever. Um, and then also, I mean, man, I've done at this point thousands of podcasts and it's always cool to number one, be able to go back and see what I said years ago. And it's also really cool to do this podcast with you today. And then in three years, we end up going out and getting a beer. And you'd be like, man, remember when we did that podcast? Like, look at where I am now. I'm like, I love that shit. I love yeah. that. So I love connecting with people. I remember I, I deliberately told the story early on of how I was denied that first gym that I applied to. And I, I, they said, no, we don't want a high school kid going around. The next gym that I applied to, they took me under their wing and they didn't have to, like they they did not have to, that was not, they were no under no obligation. 
they were a tremendous gym, very well respected. The coaches took me under their wing, spent their time with me for free to help me. So hmm. if they didn't give me their time, then I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. And I love taking the opportunity to try and also help other people along their journey as well. So, I mean, I, there's, I get a lot of selfish benefit out of it too. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. But, um, all right, you got a few other things. I just need to ask you, do you have any tips for me while I'm starting? Because I immensely look up to you, kind of. So do you have any tips if you were to tell your 20-year-old self going on similar journeys that, that I am? Okay, you're what kind of tips? You're 20 right now? 21, actually, but. That's good, because I think I started my website when I was 21. Um, let's see. Because I, I, really, I don't really have that big of audience, and honestly, I ride the high off of getting the few DMs once in a while. Like, yo, what you said, like, really, like, it really kind of put a fire under my ass. And that's what's honestly been feeding me right now, just getting Bro, once in a while. Have you, have you scrolled down to the bottom of my Instagram and seen my, like, first – First post. I, honestly, I tried to do it one day, but you have like a, like a few thousand posts and I got, my finger got tired. <laughs> Take 15 minutes and, and alternate fingers so they don't burn out and, and go all the way down. Go, go to my YouTube channel and you can sort YouTube videos by most recent or oldest. Go look at how many views and how many likes I was getting on my like first Instagram posts, my, my first YouTube videos. Um, I, I, people don't believe me, but like, if you go down and look at my YouTube, you'll, you'll find like on Instagram, I got like nine views on stuff, like nine, like not like two likes, nine views. Like I'll have like 15 likes on like all this stuff. And it's the same stuff I'm talking about today. Like you will see the exact same yeah. messages, things that I'm talking about today from five, six, seven years ago. You'll see from 2011 articles that I wrote on my website that literally the only person who read them aside from me was my mom. Like I can, that's what I, I can, feel like right now. The only other person that's looking at my stuff is my mom. That's it. Uh, the vast, I love her for it. Mom, I love you. <laughs> the vast majority of, of, of the first year, year and a half, I'm going to say that again, year, year and a half of my first, of, of posting content, making articles. My mom was the, my major fan. That was the most, the person who watched it most consistently. The vast majority of stuff was not seen by anybody else. Um, I think you're, you're making the right moves. Do you have a website? Um, I don't. I've honestly just been using uh, Instagram, like an Instagram page to kind make of- Make a website immediately. Yeah. Make, it's, it's make a website immediately. The two biggest things I'll tell you that I think that are going to help your business are three. Make a website, coach people in person, and study. Those are, are by far the three best things. The, even today, even with my Instagram, my YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, everything- and that's going to conclude the episode with Jordan Syatt. I hope you guys stuck around and listened to the old thing. Hope you guys learned some things. Um, and I'm looking forward to next week's episode. So I'll see you then.